0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, July 30th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, which recently just launched uh, about a month ago, I guess so. It's not recent anymore, but still. Or maybe pop culture related stuff. Maybe you're into that sort of thing. Uh, you can find my work on those topics at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bly Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come, guys. But most importantly, when it comes to this here podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and if you feel so inclined, only if you... Only, I repeat only, if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you, you know, here on the show, or just interact with you. That's a lot of fun, especially on the Locked Up Padres account, and my main account, too. I like interacting with you guys there, not to discriminate between the two. Uh, Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this week, this Sunday... All right. This Sunday at four ten p.m. Eastern Time for the beginning of this uh, third game in the Rockies series. Going to be talking and recapping some of the trade deadline stuff that occurs. You know that we get uh, a, a totality over it. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, uh, that I have a lot of high energy to start off this episode. And let's just say this is this is going to be a tricky one to get through because I'm recording this right after the game between the Padres and Rockies, the first game that they've played. And I'm gonna recap that really quickly, and then we're gonna talk basically for the rest of the podcast about what occurred. And what occurred was Mr. Max Scherzer and and Trey Turner, two all-star star star players, being shipped off to the Dodgers. We're gonna get into that because I have a lot of thoughts, and I'm gonna be full full disclosure. These are some thoughts that might have to develop, and it is like 1:40 in the morning. I'm very tired, so it is possible that at this late at night, I say some things that maybe a day from now, maybe by the time I wake up, I don't necessarily feel the exact same about, but we're going to work through this together. Let's call it the little bit of a group therapy session, guys. Before we get right into it, though, I want to quickly just talk about the game last night because, in fact, there was a game, and thankfully, though, the Padres did win, uh, making up maybe 1%. Uh, of the, the tragedy that occurred uh, with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner going to the Dodgers. The Padres went 3 to nothing. Uh The good news was we got a nice home run from Jake Kernworth in the bottom of the eighth, which was lovely. Two-run home run to make it 3 nothing. First run came from uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., of course, in the top of the first when he doubled in Tommy Pham. Love Tommy Pham in this game. He's able to draw a walk and also goes 2-for-3. That guy's unbelievable. Do not sleep on how good Tommy Pham is. I'm tired of you guys sleeping on that. Right. And I'm also kind of a little bit tired of the fact that we haven't really talked about Trent Grisham has been a little bit poor uh, as of late. You know, In June, he has a WRC plus under 100 uh, and just in general has really cooled off and his season stats look basically the exact same as last year, which isn't a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if maybe we thought he was going to make a, a big jump this year. Remains to be seen whether he still can, and he'll have a better second half. But as of right now, with would like a little bit more from Trek Grisham when it comes to his, his batting ability, because I really do think that he has room to grow. Um, and the other thing in this game is Joe Musgrove has his best start that he's probably had in like a month. Not even probably, like definitely had in a month. I'd say probably his best start since uh, the one against the Cincinnati Reds or against the Dodgers, which is really, really cool. In this game, he goes seven innings, which was great to see. Because as you guys know, starting pitchers for the Padres, they have not been able to go past like the fifth inning as of late. We all know about Blake Snell, but Paddock and all those guys, it's been rare that we get a big, nice, chunky outing from a starting pitcher, and that's what Joe Musgrove delivered on. He goes seven innings, like I said, only giving up three hits, no runs, only walked one, which is very good, because it's not like he's the the best control guy in the world all the time, and he strikes out 11, lowered his ERA to 2.94 on the season. Again... I view Joe Musgrove as a B plus. I view him as a guy that, after his start, it's clear that he is a good pitcher. Does he have to be superstar ace for us to give him respect? No. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's a very, very good pitcher. And bottom line is that A.J. Prowler made a great move uh, acquiring him. And that's basically it. All right, so the Padres won 3-0. And also, guys, it was one nothing in the game. Like, some of, I saw y'all some of y'all complaining a little bit. But let's get into, right now, basically for the rest of the episode, what we got to talk about. Uh, which is the fact that Max Scherzer and Trey Turner are now with the L.A. Dodgers. It is a true Shakespearean tragedy. Um, But actually, you know what, before we get into that, because there's a lot of aspects of this. There's a lot of aspects I'm going to talk about when it comes to the super team narrative. Is this becoming like the NBA? Uh, Is A.J. Preller washed? Did he mess up? Did the this and the that? Is this game, Is this baseball have a problem? You know, there's so many layers to this. And like I said, I'm, I'm working through them, guys. I'm working through them. But let's start with this. Uh, The Padres did make a trade yesterday, and they acquired Brad Hand from the Nationals. The Nationals traded everybody yesterday. Not just Scherzer, not just Trey Turner, but also Kyle Schwarber, who went to the Red Sox for not really uh, too much by my approximation and basically what I've heard from other... Uh, prospect analyst, and to be honest with you, Kyle Schwarber is a a I think sometimes overrated player. But when you look at the his basically his status, what he's been putting up around since 2018, end of 2018, 2019, he's been a pretty okay player, at least in my opinion, and especially this year he had the unbelievable home run streak, right? Everybody basically is familiar with that. When his slugging was at like 700, so pretty decent move there. Uh, the Pirates acquired Brad Hand from the Nationals. He is a relief pitcher, and he's a pretty fine one, all right? Uh, Brad Hand it has a 2.20 ERA this year, 48 strikeouts in 32 and two-thirds innings, only issuing seven walks, which is very good. Uh, and I've been saying kind of all season when it came to bullpen help that I didn't think that necessarily the way to go was Craig Kimbrell. Richard Rodriguez, that, you know, I would love those guys, um, and of course, it depends on what we give up for them, but that wasn't the only way to fix, or at least bolster, I think is the right term to use, the bullpen, which has still been amazing, Uh, I like this move, it's a very solid move, they did give up though, Uh, Mason Thompson, the number 9 overall prospect in the Padres farm system, which felt like a little much, just a little bit especially, but... Again, we'll have to see. That's another thing about the layer of Max or the Traitor going to the Dodgers. We still have another day, guys. By the time I finish recording this episode, by the time, more importantly, that you guys listen, A.J. Peller could have made a big move. We know he likes to make a splash, but I do think that that move is pretty awesome. Like I said, they didn't need to... There's so many relievers out there, in my opinion. It's a reliever-heavy uh, market. There's not a dearth of relievers whatsoever, uh, so I do think that this was a solid move by the Padres, and hey, maybe they'll get another guy. I don't know for sure, uh, like I said, but that does need to be mentioned. Brad Hands, very good player, at least in my opinion. Uh, but now, now guys, let's get into it. and Let's start off with first my reaction. To the news. Okay, so basically yesterday, as some longtime listeners in the podcast might be familiar with, I often tweet out how I'm begging for AJ Prowler to kill me, and that happened yesterday. I begged for him to, you know, pour venom acid on me and Superman punch me through a black hole. That was after I saw the tweet from Ken Rosenthal, the now infamous Ken Rosenthal. I might add, at 4:10 p.m. Eastern, breaking: Padres close to acquiring Max Scherzer. Sources tell The Athletic. Yeah, not a banner day for the Athletic today. So that happens at 410. Now let me work you through my motions. I'm, of course, losing my mind. Everybody's losing their mind rightfully. They got big game max. They got the Mad Max. Him and his two different colored eyes. Very cool stuff, all right? But, but, I must throw this out there. And I'm not trying to be that guy who was like, I knew something was fishy the whole time. No, I think that it took me, like, I, I didn't know definitely that it wasn't happening. I'm not going to be one of those guys that pretended that I thought there was something a little fishy going on. But I will say, 30 minutes after, and the fact that I... 30 minutes, 40 minutes around that time, I should have tweeted this. That way I would have a little bit more evidence that I did think this, and you guys could maybe think I'm smart. I don't know. I didn't notice Jeff Passan, who's the main ESPN. I I imagine if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably familiar, but Jeff Passan, basically one of their main... uh, basically their, their MLB insider. He doesn't say a single word corroborating anything. He said it about Anthony Rizzo, who got traded to the Yankees yesterday, which was very surprising. Most people had him going to the Red Sox. He corroborates that. He said credits to, to Jack Curry of the, the, Net, the S yes Network, which was a little bit odd for any people familiar. I was surprised that Jack Curry got the, the inside note on that. He corroborates everything, and I hadn't seen a single mention from him about Max Scherzer to the Padres. That made me suspicious, because while Jeff Passon, in my experience, he's not quite like the Woj guy who always has the scoop first, but I don't see that man missing too much, at least in my opinion. he's like I just compare him to Woj. He's kind of like ESPN's Woj, kind of like their Adam Schefter, but for baseball. And that made me a little nervous. And then, of course, hours later, all these things start happening, and then we get the note about the Dodgers thing. And I was devastated, and rightfully... Everyone should be kind of being like, Ken Rosenthal, what the heck, man? Now, did Ken Rosenthal, was this a strategy? Everyone's saying, was this a strategy from, by Nat, um, Mike Rizzo of the Nationals to let it slip out there to then get the Dodgers to come in? I think that's a little bit of a conspiracy theory, only because from what I saw, I don't think the Dodgers gave up that much. They did give up some quality prospects, but my thing is, like, not one player from their already stacked Major League roster so, I don't know what happened there. I imagine we'll hear more, but in my opinion, that was very weird. And just goes to show you, Athletic, not a great day. And not just Ken Rosenthal either, by the way. Uh, Dennis Lynn was like, hey, they just got their guy. Granted, you're have to you not going to not support your colleague and all that stuff. They both work, the, work for the uh, the Athletic. But not a banner day for uh, the Athletic. And it was very sad, and it was very frustrating. Nobody sent them awful notes. It's not like they're doing this in, on purpose to mess with us. But it was really really frustrating and we're gonna we're gonna you know channel some of that frustration a little bit more guys but first let me just mention to you guys the best protein bars in the world. You know, bar none, this is this is, this is is confirmed, are the Built Bars, guys. And you know, here's the thing. Covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. We love them, they taste great, but they have a great variety of flavors. Everything from coconut to German chocolate to grasshopper cookie to orange, strawberry, you know, sour cream and, no, not sour cream and onion, but heck, they might even make one of those. That's what I like about them. They always have new flavors coming out, and they always taste really, really good. That's awesome, but most importantly, they are healthy for you, right? Each flavor, uh, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So guys, what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, we're back. We're back discussing the the great Shakespearean tragedy that occurred yesterday. We thought that we had Max Scherzer. We don't. Now the Dodgers have him and Trey Turner. Here's my one take. I will say this. The Trey Turner part is the more frustrating thing. That's the more frustrating thing to me. I can get it. We all thought it was a possibility. I tweeted this earlier this week, that my biggest concern, my biggest W for the Padres would actually be if they didn't, not necessarily that if they didn't get Max Scherzer, but most important that the Dodgers didn't get him. I will say this. The especially adding on the part of Trey Turner, it brought up something, at least maybe this could just be my MLB circle, but it did bring up the thing of how much of an issue is this for baseball in the sense that, you know, a super team, right, and it made baseball boring. My one buddy, Arm Layton, uh, who you might know from Just Baseball, Lockdown Marlins, Lockdown Molly Prospects, he's great, go check him out, he was bringing up that it's terrible and this is like the NBA, Right. This is like the Brooklyn Nets, what they did this year. This is like the Golden State Warriors, even more, uh, you know, dastardly, what the Warriors did when Kevin Durant went over there. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. However, however, the Dodgers do deserve a little bit of credit because without building this team in some level, without having a great farm system, they couldn't necessarily make all of these moves. But at the same time, you do have to realize that while they do have Bellinger, while they did have Kershaw, Walker Buehler, while they do have some guys... There are plenty of guys on those teams, on this team I should say, that are not necessarily just they built them. No, they acquired them. I'm talking, Albert Pujols doesn't count as much, I mean he's kind of at the end of his rope, let's be honest, but I'm talking Mookie Betts, I'm talking now Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, I'm talking Trevor Bauer, I'm talking big budget identity, man. So let's not mistake, they do deserve credit, but also... It's not like y'all ain't spending nothing, you know what I mean? But then that brings up another issue, which is, is this more of a baseball problem in the sense that teams just aren't trying? Because when you look at what the Dodgers gave up, in my opinion, again, my opinion, it's not like they gave up a godfather, let's compare it to the Padres, right? You know, it's not like a Luis Campisano, CJ Abrams, Ethan Elliott, and a, who's a pretty decent player, like a... um, you know, like a Hassan Kim or Jerkson Profar or pretend Adam Frazier was on the team the whole time and Adam Frazier and then they got the, these two stars, right? It's not like they gave up a godfather offer, at least in my opinion, to the Washington Nationals. But my thing is that while the, the super team problem is an issue and everyone says the Dodgers are just running away with it, they deserve credit. But also it's like you need to give some crap to other teams in baseball because my thing is like the Nationals basically decided – We know we're not paying Trey Turner in two years. This is where my big brain starts going all over the place, right? My big brain starts going all over the place because I've been saying I feel like, and I don't know how you could fix this. Granted, and some people who probably understand baseball a little bit better than me or a lot smarter than me can probably explain why this would never happen, but I always have theorized that baseball didn't take care of their contracts for free agents getting a little bit out of control. And what I mean is not the money amount, but the years. Baseball has become a thing where guys who turn 29, who turn 30, that's when they can get their big contract. And when that happens, it's become a little bit too accepted that you have to give a guy a seven-year contract or eight-year contract for three good years where you literally know not bas- not like basketball, not like football, but you literally know that they are not going to be as good. You are paying them for what they did in the past and for a first couple good years because that's what it takes or else you don't get the free agent. And I wonder if it would actually be more exciting if, if baseball wasn't like that, if there were more four-year, five-year deals. Maybe even five years would make a huge difference, guys. Even five years. And I know a lot of that gets brought into the fact that you have arbitration and all that stuff, right? You have to... The, the guys have to come up through the minors first. Sometimes they don't even debut until they're 25, 26. And you want to at least have some semblance of being like, all right, the team has control over him over X amount of years. I know. I don't know exactly what you can do to fix this, but I do think to an extent that the year thing is a problem. So the Nationals must be thinking, in order to keep Trey Turner when he turns you know, 30, whatever, whenever he's a free agent, because they have him uh, for control for next year too, which is the unfortunate part about all this, they might be thinking, we know we don't want to give this guy a seven-year contract. That could be the thing because they think our team isn't good enough, we can't retool in time, and then we're just going to be paying all this money. That's what leads into another thing is teams being cheap. I talk about Oakland all the time. I talk about Cleveland all the time because Cleveland doesn't even work. Hey, we went to the World Series. I got an idea. Lindor, Kluber, Carrasco, uh, Trevor Bauer. um, Who else did they have? Carlos Santana, uh, Michael Brantley. You're all gone. Name one time you can remember the the Indians actively kind of going out after that World Series run and like really going and acquiring someone, right? Blame the ownership on that one. It's becoming a thing where it's raised the question, do we have to have a salary cap or even possibly a salary floor, right? You make it that teams cannot be spending only 50 million bucks just because they know... Their team isn't guaranteed a title, like the Nationals, for example. So they instead decide to sell off everything, and they're not paying anybody. You know what I mean? Maybe you need to make that a thing. Maybe you need to make it that you stop rewarding teams like the Tampa Bay Rays for doing what they do. And now, one of the big points I really want to make on this podcast, I will pat myself on the back for this. I have been saying for months that you never actually know. We can theorize what it costs to get somebody. I thought, hey, the Yankees, maybe they don't have enough, right? They don't have the greatest farm system in the world. Not a bad farm system. But they can't trade a lot of their major league roster. They can't move it around. Guess what? They just got Joey Gallo and they got Anthony Rizzo. And they might even get a pitcher. Anyone can make a move. Do not assume what it is going to cost to get players. Because look at what the Dodgers just did. It is a myth that it takes X prospect for X players. Sometimes, sometimes. And here's my big, if you want to take a sound bite, here's my thing. I am wondering if one of the reasons that baseball is in trouble is it's because teams are more, what's the word? That it's more difficult to trade away a bad contract than it is to trade for a superstar player. It is, you have a better chance of trading for Mike Trout right now than getting rid of Eric Hosmer, even if it's on a team that isn't competing and just because they don't want to they know they're not going to win, but even if you give them all the prospects in the world that they're saying uh, we don't want to pay Eric Hosmer that could be a thing, I don't know again, maybe I'm sounding a little crazy but that's just my thing some teams simply do not try that much in this sport, some people say, well the Rays are good, win a World Series first, how about that, you know how good they'd be if they had a little bit more of a budget, how about that, so I would love to hear back from you guys and it's just, it's tough man it's tough. It's a super team. They're getting Corey Seager back. Trey is all of a sudden going to be in that infield. It's a mess. It's a mess. And I don't know exactly where the Padres go from here. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I do have two little mini points that I want to bring up. Two little mini points. Number one. This competitive balance potential issue that people are talking about. And I think that it happens in, unlike the NBA, the NBA it's more because players control the league. And I actually think that that's a good thing uh, in a lot of different ways. And I think that it's okay that players decide where they go and have more freedom and agency to be like, hey, I like what they're doing over there. Let's go there. Let's team up, right? I know it can be a little bit annoying as a fan. I get it. We have the Durant situation. I hate the Golden State Warriors. Trust me. Uh, But in baseball, it's because some teams just don't want to try. You know what I mean? So you have the rich teams... And then you have nothing, right? You have, the, you have the big market Padres and Dodgers and Yankees. And then you have Cleveland who's like, ah, whatever. You know? And especially Oakland. Don't get me started on Oakland. Marcus Simeon giving him a 10, a one-year deal for $11 million, But the, the salary, will, they're going to only give it to him $1 million a year at a time. What is going on here? And then the blue disc is giving me $2 And he's an all-star. And the second point is, I don't want to ever. Now I'm going to do some Dodger hating. I don't want to ever hear a Dodgers fan claim to not be scared of us or even the giants for that matter when y'all just did this cuz you know they've been play- they've been they've been saying that all year Nah, we're not scared of them please it was their first breakout year well clearly you're scared of us and you were clearly shook despite the old men giants and Donovan Salvano and Lamonte Wade just scared the crap out of you guys apparently so I never want to hear that again because your team themselves are scared It's because your team's smart and your freedom is not stupid He's very, very smart. He does not take any chances. I'm not going to bash that man. You know what I mean? I just don't want to hear it that you don't perceive us as a threat. Because Lord knows, the only thing you guys are known for with barring the truncated season of 2020, y'all are primarily known for just choking in the playoffs. So you better stack up. You know what I'm saying? And with that kind of uh, rant over, guys, let me just quickly take a second to talk to you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including not just baseball, but the NBA. You know, we had the draft and stuff yesterday. Uh, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action, they got you covered. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code. Locked on, guys. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we're back. And we're back. I hope uh look, I imagine there might be a decent amount of people listening to today's episode. I hope you guys are enjoying my my analysis so far. Again, I'm still thinking about all this, and we're going to have to see as more reports come in, but uh let's kind of um let's kind of uh, let's let, let's let's finish strong here on a little bit more of a positive note, all right? One, I actually just want to mention this really quickly is some another person someone actually just texted me about ratings and like is this good for baseball in that sense and all this. And my thing is actually like that's debatable. I think it's not necessarily good for baseball in terms of it being fun as a fan. When teams are super stacked, but sometimes, again, sometimes, and maybe I'm basing this off off of the NBA, that having a villain that everyone roots against because they're overpowered and all that sometimes could make people watch and want that team to lose. But then again, baseball might not be the sport that wants that. Baseball might want to be that sport that's vying for what the NFL has, which is why, by the way, as much as I try, I can never quit football. Because that sport, above any others that you watch... The competitive balance is there. You can go from great to bad pretty quickly and bad to great pretty quickly. You just don't know. You know what I mean? The the balance is a little bit more there. You can't head into, unlike the NBA and NFL season, and automatically just guess what the Super Bowl is. Right? You really just can't. And I know we have the Patriots last minute, but whatever. Moving on now. Let's talk about the trade deadline a little bit more. Let's talk about A.J. Preller, who I better not see uh, anybody dogging this guy. In my opinion, you look at it like this. Eric Hosmer, and I've said this before as a theory, that if you are being very generous, if you are being very giving when it comes to A.J. Preller's tenure as a Padres GM, you could argue that that was an ownership thing with Eric Hosmer. And they said, let's get this veteran. He's won a World Series. Kind of put our stamp on the market. You know what I mean? And say, we are here and we're going to make a move, right? And let's excite the fan base. And maybe it wasn't necessarily a guy that A.J. Preller loved. You could say that. But Blake Snell has been a miss, big-time miss. I would argue his biggest miss of his entire tenure. Because this guy was supposed to be an ace, has been not even an average pitcher. He has been Robbie Ray. Seriously. And I know Robbie Ray hasn't been that bad this year. I'm talking about Robbie Ray the past two years, where he walks everybody and gives up huge hits. And it does not matter if he strikes out a decent amount of batters. It just doesn't. Um, But here's, let's talk about this, right? The way I see it is that... We still need to wait for the deadline. By the time you guys are hearing this, again, I've been reiterating this a lot, some of these points may become moot points, and maybe they become invalid and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Okay. My thing is this. What if AJ Preller makes more moves come the deadline? Because I've seen some people saying he messed up, he goofed, he missed it, this was the chance to win, and he couldn't get it done. AJ Preller, a fraud! Don't you dare ever say a thing about the Warlock. You know what I mean? Don't you ever say anything like that, Okay. It's possible that from AJ Prowler's perspective, and now let's look at it in the positive way. Again, it depends what happens at the deadline. If by the time this 4 or 5 p.m. deadline hits and the Padres go and do a couple things, if they get Jose Barrios or Kent Maeda or whatever, but Jose Barrios is the big name on the market, if they get another bat, maybe a Chris Bryant, I don't know. I'd love a Robbie Grossman for the record, by the way. He's good, but I don't, he's really good. I love Robbie Grossman. I think he'd be great. And if they're able to maybe get another relief pitcher, or whatever, maybe some other X-Factor player. But most importantly, if they can dump Eric Cosmer, if they can move him onto another team, say Chicago, which a lot of people have been reporting they're waiting for Anthony Rizzo to move because that might have been a destination. Maybe. You probably have to give a, a big prospect to do so. In defense of Preller, it's possible that A.J. Preller yesterday saw, and he said, one, You know, maybe he did get fooled a little bit and thought that he had it in the bag and they didn't. Or maybe he realized, okay, the Dodgers are coming in. And maybe the Nationals said, we want C.J. Abrams. And also, we didn't have necessarily any place to fit Trey Turner. That probably wouldn't have been part of the deal. Maybe the Nationals said, C.J. Abrams, take it or leave it. Let's just just say for a second. And maybe A.J. Preller decided. And let's pretend C.J. Abrams wasn't involved. They're the top prospect in the Padres farm system. Let's say maybe A.J. Prowler said... Instead of half a year of Scherzer, I'd rather do this. I'd rather get Barrios and I'd rather be able to dump off Eric Hosmer. And Barrios we have for um, control uh, control of for next year. It's possible he made the executive decision that instead of having him for this half season, I'd rather get this guy that's pretty good. Puerto Rican power, by the way, and Jose Barrios decides to go for him. He likes what he sees. He likes the talent. And he says, I think I'd rather have more things than just the Scherzer thing. Especially because you can dump Eric Hosmer's contract. If by the end of tomorrow, the Pirates have Chris Bryant and Jose Barrios, automatically. It's just like, good deadline. Good deadline. Is it annoying? Yes. But also, let's keep in mind, like I said, the Dodgers have been known for just choking all these years. So my thing, guys, is that's the thing. It's not an automatic loss when we literally don't know what the full extent of A.J. Preller's plan is. If he's been in so... If he was this close, apparently... According to Ken Rosenthal, to getting Max Scherzer, that tells me he's trying to make a big move. You know, it's not like we haven't heard a slightest peep from him. If we hadn't heard the slightest peep from him, I'd be a little bit more nervous right now. But they're clearly interested in getting another starter, right? So my thing is like, if if that's his plan, I can't necessarily argue with that. I will say though, I will say this though: in a wild card game, who do you trust more? You trust Max Scherzer? You just think he's going to go out there and be the Hall of Fame pitcher that he is? You just do. It's not inconceivable that he doesn't. Maybe he used up his Hall of Fame quality stuff at his clutch playoff performances when he won with the Nationals. That's possible. It's not impossible. And hey, let's just send Daniel Camarena up. Maybe that'll spook him. You know what I mean? Let's have him batting during one of the games. Again, we'll see. It all depends on what he does tomorrow. Now, let's say now and go on the other side of that. Because I won't be able to talk to you guys until Sunday. If some of you, unless you join me on Spotify Greenroom. add me on there at Javier Reyes, J A V I E R R E Y E S. And then you will, when I go live on Sunday, we'll talk about all this stuff. But let me also say the negative of this. If Proly doesn't do that, and you still got Hosmer, and you get a uh, uh, Danny Duffy ain't available anymore, so all you get is like Kyle Gibson. You know what I mean? A guy that I think is okay, but has not looked good as of late, and even before he hadn't looked good of good as of late, I still was like, that guy feels like a second-half fall-off dude. He's never been this good in his career. He's actually more known for being a guy that gives you six innings, uh, gives up no runs, strikes at seven, and then the next day he gets lit up after one inning. You know what I mean? He's that type of pitcher, most importantly, especially when he was with Minnesota. But say he doesn't. Then that makes you wonder, and that makes me think, okay, there's one thing if you don't want to give up Abrams, because Abrams could be Major League Ready by next year. But we do have to get over fetishizing prospects, just as a league. You trade them for stars when you have the chance, man. Because a lot of times, these guys are come up, going to come up, and they'll be good players. They could be good players, but they ain't no Mad Max. They ain't no, you know... Uh, I don't know who else is on uh, it, Martag, Chris Bryant, you know the, these type of star caliber players, Trey Turner, you know what I mean? You give up the prospects. That's what you do. And if he's unable to make a move, he deserves a lot of criticism. And I do want, want to also say this, though. It is a good team, bottom line. This is going to be a pretty good team. Uh, I, I'd actually say very good team. They're going to win around 94, maybe 95 games. That's great. The problem is that the Dodgers are a little bit better, and maybe the Giants are going to finish a little bit better, too. You know, that's the big issue. And who knows, maybe they can still win in the postseason. It's not inconceivable that the Dodgers, some injuries happen or whatever the heck, right? And then in a one-game playoff, they still lose and it's super satisfying because we're all like, wow, y'all got so scared. You told us all off-season you weren't scared of us. You signed Trevor Bauer. You re-signed Justin Turner. You trade for Albert Pujols when you're going up against lefties. Because, you know, we got some lefties in the rotation, you know, all that stuff. And then you go for Max Scherzer, Mad Max, who beat your ass, by the way. He beat you in the playoffs. And you said, if you can't beat him, join him. You know, have him come to us and all this stuff. And then trade Turner, and we still beat you? Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, doctor. So Padres fans, I'd use that as a little bit of, like, take solace in that possibility. The possibility that if they do beat the Dodgers, it'll be the most satisfying thing ever. It will truly be. The hero beating the villain. It will be anime-esque. When, you know, last year's playoffs, we get swept. The, the anime character, you know, Luffy, from One Piece, he gets his butt kicked. Or, or Naruto, whatever one you guys are familiar with. And then he comes back, and he's stronger, more powerful. But then he's super powerful, and you're still rooting for the, And then the hero wins. That's kind of like the anime blueprint, is it not? So again, we have to see what happens. I'm optimistic. Let's not give up. He is Daddy Preller, after all. Please, AJ Preller, murder me! Just, just take my head and carve it like a jack-o'-lantern and then just put it on ebay you know like that like just murder me please love aj peller we're gonna have to see it's exciting stuff and i know you guys might be wondering wow man like you're a lot more like energetic and whatnot given that yesterday was a tragedy it was but i think that in fairness a lot of what made yesterday tragic was the rosenthal reporting i, I really do think that him saying they're close to a deal for him was what was bad if all of a sudden it just happens. That would have been annoying, but there's one thing from him to be looking like he's a Padre to all of a sudden they have him and then they have to return to. Again, lots to think about, lots that I'm unpacking about how I feel, how baseball is heading in a bad direction. Is it bad? Is the super team thing bad? Do we need a luxury tax? Do we need a salary floor? Not a luxury tax. Do we need a a salary cap and a salary floor? Lots to think about. And again, I don't want to give too much because we'll see. Guys, Chris Bryant... Jose Barrios, a lot of other guys, they're on the market. Like, those guys are probably getting traded. So, you know, let's stay a little bit more faithful. Uh, And with that all said, guys, hopefully you enjoyed my keep you off the ledge, you know, keep you from jumping off the ledge, uh, uh, you know, therapy session here on Locked On Padres. Before we wrap things up officially, let me just tell you guys the MLB deadline is approaching, obviously, and on MLB YouTube channel, they're ex- they're going to be streaming, I should say, the Hot Stove Live, two hours of MLB trade analysis from our Lockdown lineup of s- local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB on YouTube and tune in July 30th, which is today, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be there at the 4 o'clock hour to talk about all this stuff. Maybe you'll see a live freakout for me after the Padres make some of these moves that I've been teasing for this whole podcast. That should be a whole lot of fun, guys. Definitely subscribe on YouTube. Lockdown MLB should be a lot of fun. Uh, in, in all sorts of ways. Very, you know, live streams are always fun when it comes to deadlines and all this stuff in sports. Um, but with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Be sure to uh, give me some five star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.